Though the ubiquitous credit card wasn't invented, at least not here in the United States, until the Diners Club card was created in 1950, carrying debt and managing credit has conceptually been around since the age of antiquity. You don't need me to tell you that debt starts controlling your life after a while if you're not careful. Here's how you can fight back the accumulation of debt and take back control. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of the Joy of Financial Planning podcast. The topics of this podcast are a complement to the book, Joy of Financial Planning, now slated to launch in the fall of this year, 2019. The book is about belief, a belief that we can overcome the unique economic challenges we face as a generation, follow our passions, live with compassion, and still achieve a personalized version of the American dream. Today's episode, Joy of Managing Debt, is about reducing the negative side of your net worth. In it, I share three methods for reducing or eliminating debt and taking back control in this area of your financial life. I hope you learn at least one thing you can implement, and of course, I hope you enjoy it. On college campuses in the 1990s, it was pretty easy to get a credit card. Banks were easily lining up students with new opportunities for debt by giving away t-shirts. This was, of course, before the Credit Card Accountability, Responsibility, and Disclosure Act of 2009. Everyone seemed to get a credit card except for me, and I worked for a bank. Eventually, I filled out a credit card application where I worked, assuming they had to give me a credit card. I'd almost given up. In fact, I wish I had. But before I turned the application in, a fellow bank teller suggested I ask the district manager of our bank to sign off on my application. So the next time David Wheeler, oddly I still remember his name, came by the branches, I asked. Mr. Wheeler went ahead and signed my application. And sure enough, I was approved for a $300 revolving credit line and my very first credit card, courtesy of Household Bank. I would make the most of it, or so I thought. In a short while, I made a plan to purchase the five CD changer with a dual tape deck stereo I had been eyeing for months. This, of course, was the 1990s, back when computers were com for computing, uh, and music was played on these things called stereos or radios, depending on, on what you had. Now, I figured the smart money was charging this nearly $300 stereo to my credit card to build my credit, of course. And then I would pay it off when I got the expected tax refund. See another episode called The, uh, the Joy of uh, Managing Taxes to, uh, to see how that plan usually works out. Of course, for me, it seemed like a great idea at the time. Months later, I had both spent the tax refund and unfortunately maxed out my credit card. But not to worry, I was smart. I had already applied for and received another credit card with a $500 credit line, which I would use to transfer the balance for the $300 credit card. Long story short, I eventually had two maxed out credit cards, thankfully for both totaling under $1,000. Okay, maybe I wasn't that smart. It took me a bunch of years to get out from under what eventually turned into a bunch of revolving debt. 
debt crept up on me, regardless of my good slash seemingly smart intentions. Had I just followed through on the plan to pay off what I incurred immediately, it wouldn't have cost me my 20s. Debt made me upside down, not only in my finances, but in things I wanted to do in life. Paying for dates, gas, clothes, the option for a higher rent, all of those were a challenge. It took me a while to learn that controlling my debt would put me in control of my expenses by once again limiting me to cash. Credit was unfortunately the gateway drug to debt and overspending, and I needed to break that fortunately short-lived habit. So is debt bad? Well, debt is an obligation that at some point you will have to repay. It forces you to work when you would rather not, live in a home you might rather leave, and suffer situations that you cannot change, at least not very easily. At the same time, of course, debt can be an alternative way to leverage your good name, your good reputation, in something called credit worthiness. So is it good or is it bad? The answer is obvious to me. Debt is bad. Debt certainly isn't good. Why would anyone want to owe money? Why would it be a good thing to even need leverage, the thing that's supposed to be pretty cool and good? Wouldn't it be better off if you actually had the money you needed to buy whatever it is you wanted? Of course. So if you don't have debt, FYI, you don't need it, and you certainly don't need to want it like I did back in the 1990s in my, uh, I guess, late teens slash early 20s. But if you already have debt, as a lot of us do, there is a joy in the discipline of getting rid of it. Accumulating debt can happen slowly or all of a sudden. For many of us, it does happen slowly, often through small charges on a credit card that don't all get paid off every month or over the course of earning a college degree, which takes a number of years. For others, it can also happen pretty quickly through a large purchase like a home with a mortgage or a medical bill that can't immediately be repaid because your insurance doesn't cover it. Getting rid of debt takes great habits, it takes steady income, it takes sacrifices you may or may not have had made along the way of accumulating all that debt. And paying off the debt may also require creativity, which I know I've used in the past. It can make debt freeness or making yourself get debt free pretty fun, uh, almost like a game, and, and games are fun, so why not go for it? So here are a few ways that you can eliminate the debt that you have. Number one, there's the avalanche or snowball method. Number two, you could just earn more money. Number three, negotiation and or bankruptcy. So let me start with the avalanche or snowball method. Now both of these methods for reducing debt will give someone in debt a couple of ways uh, and a couple of things they haven't had before. Most importantly, it'll give them control. Most responsible people I know, including clients, will try to pay a little extra on all of their debts each month. This is not a recommended strategy. The initial step is to take a look at all your balances, all your debt balances, look at the minimum payments required and the interest rates. When you can see everything, you can prioritize the order in which you will pay them off. In both the avalanche and the snowball methods, your strategy is to pay only the minimum amount required by all of your creditors except for one. You choose one debt to effectively sort of pick on. All of your attention and extra money you set aside for debt 
will go towards paying off that one debt fast. So this is kind of the uh, gamification option where you pulverize this one opponent called debt, but just this one. After the first debt is paid off in however many months it takes, you take the amount of money you had been paying to that debt and add it to the amount you are paying to the next debt in the order of your priority. So if you had some minimum balance of $104 on another credit card, you would take all the money you were using to pay off that first debt plus the $104 you were paying as a minimum and then go pulverize that second credit card. The avalanche method takes sort of an academic approach to the order or the priority of things. It suggests paying off the higher interest debts first of course, this makes sense because higher interest is hurting you more financially. Uh, what unfortunately this doesn't take into account is your highest interest debt may be a student loan for $90,000 and your lowest debt may be $1,000 on a credit card. So paying down $90,000 of uh, interest and principal may take a number of years, uh, far less than you, know, you might have behaviorally to feel like you've done anything good. While you know, paying off a $1,000 debt may be taken care of in, in one or two paychecks. So why does this matter? Well, the advocates of the snowball method, which is something actually that I believe in when I'm talking to clients, take a more behavioral science approach. The thinking is that paying off that $1,000 credit card in a couple months or a couple paychecks would give you an early win in your debt-reducing commitment and goal and dreams. And that win could be the encouragement that keeps you on your plan for the longer-term debt payoff like that $90,000 student loan. So I kind of like the snowball method, um, but I've had clients who favor the avalanche method for its mathematical advantage, and it, academically, it is correct. Whichever method you choose, if you're in the situation needing to reduce debt, they'll both provide a sense of control. And that the second thing that I didn't mention earlier is progress. And for most things, when it comes to success, progress really makes us feel like it's a worthwhile endeavor. Because like I said, it's, it's a joy, but it's going to take a discipline and it can be a challenge. So that idea of progress makes all the difference. All right, that was just step number one or option number one for paying off debt. The other option is earning more money. So if you've been working really hard, now is a great time to go ask for a raise. If you uh, ask your employer for a raise, you will get either a yes or a no or a maybe. And any raise you get can be earmarked towards paying down more debt using, for example, either the snowball method or the avalanche method. If you're in sales and you have an extraordinary month, Reward yourself with something fun. Of course, that's what you should do to make yourself feel like you're working for a, for a life. Uh, then pay down a chunkier debt with the rest of that sort of extra, if you can. Now, if there are no options in your circle for earning more money at work, then take advantage of the gig economy uh, that I've spoken about before in a previous episode, the joy of earning income or always earning income. Uh, the, the gig economy allows any of us to efficiently earn money on the side. There are multiple ways to earn an income in 2019. So as I mentioned, just go see my previous episode or go find it and listen to it. The joy of always earning income and you'll find a method that works for you. When you have debt, the key is giving any new money you receive for example, in some gig economy type opportunity or perhaps in a raise or perhaps in extra commissions from sales, 
give that new money a job. And in the case of paying down debt, that new money's job is to eliminate this overhang of negative net worth called debt. Try not to get lost in the debate around good debt versus bad debt. We're just talking about paying off debt, period. If you get through credit cards and they're paid off and then you somehow get through any student loans you may have and they're paid off, then you might start looking at a lower interest debt like your car loan uh, and then maybe all you have left is a mortgage. Hey, pay that down too. Debt is not evil, but it isn't great. It's not fun. And if you earn extra money, debt doesn't need to be part of your life for long. The lower your debt, the more control you'll have over your choices your current life, and your future life. All right, the final option here is negotiation and bankruptcy. So if you've lost your job or ability to work, you may be forced into asking your creditors to reduce your debt in something called a negotiation. If they agree to give you some debt relief, the agreement may still be reported negatively on your credit, um, which in turn can affect your credit score and a low credit score may hurt your ability to receive additional uh, potentially needed credit in the near future. But hey, you're not worried about the near future of credit. You're worried about eliminating your debt and increasing your net worth, especially if you've lost your job or your ability to work. So focus, this is about debt reduction and uh, not necessarily creating the very, very best credit score. Negotiation, though, it is the second to last resort for eliminating your debt. Um, really, the other options are much more positive. They will increase your credit score. And if you've got an ability to earn income, I would advocate for the first two options, either earning more money or using the avalanche slash snowball method to steadily reduce your debt. But I say negotiation is the second to last resort because the absolute last resort is filing for bankruptcy. Now, bankruptcy, as scary as it does seem to almost everyone I know, is really a financial status. It's not about your self-worth. Um, and it's all of it is basically a court proceeding. So it's, it is scary in the sense of the process and the procedure and how you might feel. You go to court, you speak with a judge, you explain why there's no way you could pay back any of the money you owe, which just think about that. Um, that's, that's not a great feeling. I've known people who have filed for bankruptcy and it's a difficult step to take emotionally. If you do take that emotional journey, you will be well served to learn as much about the process as possible. So I'll, I'll give you a little window into that. There are two types of bankruptcies for individuals. There's chapter 13 and there's chapter seven. Chapter 13 will give you the option of keeping all the things that you've purchased and working through a plan to pay back what you can cover over a specific time period. So it's, it's almost like an avalanche snowball method, except you're asking the court to help you set this up and you might be paying, in this case, less than what you owe. So it's like a quasi-negotiation as well. It's a little different um, than the other bankruptcy, which we'll get to. It's considered a reorganization of a debt, which still counts as debt relief. The impact is still going to be on your credit file for a long time, I believe up to seven years, but you've kept the stuff and you've actually paid back at least some of your debt. Chapter seven bankruptcy is a whole other level that will likely require you to sell some of your things to pay back some of your debt. 
This could include your car, your home, depending on the latest exemption amounts or exemption laws around your home or your car. As you might expect, taking this kind of action to reduce your debt is a very serious legal and financial matter. This will be reported like the other one will, but this one, you know, you're more impacted um, on the reporting to the three credit bureaus and the reporting agencies. And this Chapter 7 bankruptcy will remain on your credit file for up to 10 years. So if you have your income and or you have your health, negotiating debt reduction or filing a bankruptcy uh, really needn't be on your radar. Uh, those are the extreme options. I really don't want anyone to have to think about these extreme options of bankruptcy Chapter 7 or, or Chapter 13 if you can otherwise avoid them. But sometimes you can't. And so now you have a little window into what that process looks like. In summary, there are many ways to pay down debt once you make the decision to do what it takes. Methods like the avalanche or snowball method help to create momentum for paying down debts, even when becoming debt-free entirely may take a while. It gives you that sense of progress, which for a lot of people, means success. Sometimes earning an additional income through a raise at work or a side job or more commission if you're in sales is an option for directing new money at pulverizing your debt, that gamification of just getting rid of some other opponent. In this case, your enemy is potentially your debt. This is a virtuous cycle, uh, actually, because when your debt eventually is paid off and you're making this extra money, you can apply that extra money to savings and increase your net worth. So it's a pretty neat option if you can actually increase your income and pay off debt that way, because once you increase it, there's no need to reduce your income later, right? Other options for reducing your debt in general include negotiating for lower payments, longer terms, or lower interest rates with your creditors. There's an entire list of options for reducing debt on two of the most common debts, student loans and home mortgages. In my book, Joy Financial Planning, I go into a lot of detail about those options. Of course, if nothing else works, bankruptcy is an option, but if possible, make it the last of the last resorts. My goal is to encourage and empower good people to build family wealth and become patriarchs and matriarchs of the community. I hope this helps. Thank you in advance for your service.